Obama was a mulatto. Welcome back to the Generation Varied Podcast. <laughs> My name is Caleb. I'm your main host. This is our Black History Month episode, and I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about pop culture, geopolitics, uh, tech, what's going on in business and sports, uh, and all of the other topics in between. Um, super excited to bring you guys this episode today. If you thought to yourself, oh, the Black History Month episode. What a perfect episode to skip. Really? <laughs> During Black History Month? Uh, okay. Go ahead and skip the episode if you'd like to. But uh, we're going to kick things off with a special segment that I like to call Are You Blacker Than a Sixth Grader? Where we have a real sixth grader go up against our two non-African-American co-hosts to find out if they are blacker than him. Um, now, obviously... The title is very tongue-in-cheek. We know that one's blackness is not affected by the amount of trivia or history that they know, but this podcast is about having a good time, having good conversations, and that sometimes includes uncomfortable conversations, but Black History Month does not always have to be about trauma, so we're just going to keep things pretty light and educational today. Um, so starting off, but before we introduce our first host, who has so graciously agreed to be here with us today... I have a question for my two co-hosts. Jack, Ben, what have you personally done for Black Americans this year? Ooh, this man <laughs> came out swinging. Wow. <laughs> um, hey, listen, Caleb, that's a tough question. Um, I would say I like I, I, my best way that I can support Black Americans would just be by... Uh, being engaged with the things that they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. So whether that's music, most of the music that I listen to are black artists. I love to support them through that. I like going to concerts, that kind of thing. Um, so for me, that's going to be a big one. And I'm not just talking about, you know, A-list rappers and that kind of thing. But, you know, if, if, if you can rap, then I will listen to you. I don't care if it's a, a big artist or some guy on the corner of the street. Um, so that's the first one. The first one that pops into my mind. Yeah. Um, for me, that's a great question. Y'all uh, uh, are taking this question so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really putting me on edge. I'm like, listen, <laughs> Caleb, you said we're keeping it light. <laughs> I pulled the Z-Way. Honestly, Z-Way is like, Z-Way, if you're listening to this, we want you here as a podcast guest. But what I think the brilliance of Z-Way is that she's she so perfectly weaves uncomfortableness into like comedy and to have these like these conversations with people on the spot. It's it's really funny, but hard to be on the receiving end of. So thankfully, I kicked this episode off. But uh, <laughs> we have a special guest here that I don't want to keep waiting any longer. Uh, a sixth grader from Columbus, Ohio, whose mom is friends with my mom and has graciously agreed to be here. Terry, welcome to the Generation Varied Podcast, buddy. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Terry. play sixth grade. I'm in, I play basketball, really big on Fortnite and gaming. Um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to have you here. Now, tell the listeners um, and viewers here, you know, what, how, how well do you play Fortnite? Because 
when people say that they play Fortnite, like let's just establish a couple of things. I play Fortnite. I started about a month ago, and I think my highest ranking that I've hit is like maybe a 96 or something like that. Um, so I, I'm not very good at it, but tell the listeners uh what what's your skill level here? Um, I play Fortnite a lot. I've just started playing it since season four, which I think was in oh, 2018. Wow. wow. And like, hey, I zero often. build or build? <laughs> I play build mode, but in ranked. And what? like I, I made it all the way to elite elite rank this season, and I play with my friends most of the time. We play sometimes. We play tournaments, but like we never win any because we're not like professionals or anything. But we are pretty good at the game. Listen, if you keep going, you about to outlive all the professionals, cousin. So keep 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 going, man. Uh, what uh jack you play fortnite don't you yeah i was gonna say terry you would definitely outplay amongst all of, of my friends i have like a group chat with buddies that play fortnite and every night we'll send like a batman signal essentially like who's going to lobby <laughs> and we'll just play with whoever and uh, i mostly play on zero build and recently got my wife into it as well so uh but nowhere close to where you are at terry um i believe i'm only in gold mostly just because i don't play ranked <laughs> i just play just to like uh collect those medallions for season five right now and um yeah it's just a, a fun way to escape but nothing like you it sounds like you guys are i mean you play bill like that's intense to, for me yeah yeah no that's that's awesome terry well thanks for being here we're gonna kick this off with our our first uh, trivia question, the category is A A V E. Okay, so finish this phrase first. We're gonna have Jack and Ben share their answer, and then Terry will have you share your answer afterwards. Here, um, so first question. Wait, hold up, Caleb. Let me interrupt you as a quick <laughs> caveat. I-, I can speak for myself and for Jack <laughs> when I say, listeners. Do not be disappointed in our lack of (laughs) black history knowledge. You know, I did not grow up in this country. (laughs) Neither did Jack for the most Mm -hmm. part. Uh, So, yeah, that's my full warning. I'm ready. This might get embarrassing. (laughs) No, I don't think it will. I think you guys are going to be fine. I really do. You guys have been friends with me long enough. We've we've rubbed off on each other. I promise. I hope so. Let this me is, hope, call hopefully out, this isn't like my citizenship test right here. No, absolutely. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so first, first question. Uh, finish this phrase. Do I look like Boo Boo? The fool. Mm. Yeah, I, I knew that one. Honestly, Boo Boo. Oh fool. yeah, yeah, Terry, I got that. Cool. Yeah. Right. No, Who I, did I look know. like Boo Boo the fool? Now, question for uh, for you guys. Since Terry answered, what does that mean? That was my follow-up question. Uh, Jack, Jack, I, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I think basically, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know who Boo Boo the Fool is, but like, I, I think it's like, do I look like an idiot? Like, are, are you like, are you Harry. taking advantage of yeah. me? That type of thing. Basically, Harry, Terry, what do you think? Yeah. It's like, sometimes my mom says it if like, she knows that I'm telling a lie. It's like, slang, like, something like the do i look like i was born yesterday yeah that's another black expression too they would say like i was born at night but not last night 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I haven't heard that one in so long. That's an old black phrase. Uh, I was born at night, but not last night. Okay. Uh, second question here. A-A-V-E question. Finish this phrase. I'm not one of your dot, dot, dot. Little friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh it is, I'm not one of your little friends, often used to assert boundaries or express frustration when someone is treating the speaker in a familiar or disrespectful manner. It implies that the speaker does not appreciate being treated as casually or informally as one might treat their peers or acquaintances. I mean, like, when's the last time you heard it or you used it, you know, like that phrase, I'm not your little friend? Um, my mom, she recently like just said it because she said I was being like a smart <laughs> aleck with her one time. Like, so I was playing my game and then my door was shut and I couldn't hear her. And then I like had a tone with her. And she said, stop talking to me like that. I'm not one of your little friends. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah, no, my mom, I feel like my mom still says that. I think I might say it. I've said it to people at work before, like when people at work have wanted to like, because I, 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 I try not to drink with my with coworkers just because in general, I just don't think it's a good idea. But so like, I think I've said like, oh, I'm not one of your little friends. Like when, like, <laughs> I'm with coworkers, you know what I'm saying? So I think I've said it in a work setting before too, but. <laughs> yeah, it's just used to used to tell somebody that there's a familiarity there that you do not have and you need to back <laughs> up. Uh, all right, uh, next question here. Born Dana Owens. She is a multi-talented artist, renowned as a rapper, singer, actress, and producer. Emerging in the late 1980s, she became a pioneer for women in hip-hop with hits like Ladies First, Transitioning seamlessly into acting, she starred in numerous films and TV shows like Beauty Shop and Bringing Down the House, earning critical acclaim and awards, including a Golden Globe for her role in Life Support and a Grammy for Best Solo Rap Performance. She furthered her success with a daytime talk show and ventures in producing. With her versatile talents and unwavering influence, she remains an iconic figure in both entertainment and advocacy inspiring generations with her talent and activism. Oh, wow. I have no idea. Terry, do you know? No, I don't know about that one. I want to, but you know what? The first two people that came to my mind, I know both of them are wrong answers. <laughs> the more detail that you gave to it, the first one was Little Kim. Mm. And then the second one was Missy Elliott. Think before, think before, think before. like. Before. Think like the first big, like one of the first big ones. Like she's the first female rapper to win a Grammy. Mm. I f and I said beauty chat. Kayla, uh, we are not ashamed. Like Mary J. Blige? <laughs> mm. No, Mary J. Blige is not. I, I see where, you, where you're getting that, but no, it's not Mary J. Blige. Uh, all right, so the answer is Queen Latifah. I know I told you I was trying to love y'all some soft ones here y'all need to look at our education system <laughs> folks don't know Queen Latifah Lord 
Yeah, they didn't teach me that one. <laughs> Not teach y'all here. Okay, let me see here. Which rapper won the Pulitzer Prize for Music in 2018, becoming the first non-classical or jazz artist to receive this prestigious award? Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. It is Kendrick. Yes, yeah, it is Kendrick. All right. Jack, we're oh, on it. Hold up. We're is gonna come pen- back. Is that wait? Is it Pimp the Butterfly? <laughs> The Pimple or... Butterfly that came out in like 2015. No, 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 maybe? no. it's the um, um, the other one. <laughs> it's like Be Humble, Sit Down, that song, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That album, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what that album is called. Terry, I don't know either. <laughs> hey, who are your favorite, uh, favorite musicians, favorite mm-hmm. artists? Um, I like Drake, I like SZA, and I like Lil Baby. Okay. I have so many thoughts on those choices. <laughs> Drake is uh, Drake is Drake's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, and SZA is, I mean, absolutely amazing. So yeah, no, good good choices here. Good choices. All right, next question, and then we just have two more after this. Um, let me see here. Um, a trailblazing American politician and educator who made history as the first African-American woman elected to the United States Congress, serving New York's 12th congressional district from 1969 to 1983. She was known for her advocacy of minority and women's rights, as well as her outspokenness on social justice issues. In 1972, she became the first African-American major party candidate for president of the United States and the first woman to run for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. Her courageous leadership and unwavering commitment to equality have left an, an, have left an indelible mark on American politics and inspire generations of activists. Note to self, tell ChatGPT not to put indelible in any more <laughs> summaries that I ask it for. Uh, who is it? Name that person. I don't think I know anyone from like that long ago. Terry, this is like, this is a sixth grade trivia question. We need you to step up here. <laughs> Terry, it's okay. Bro, you, you... I... Went through I the whole like the... twelve year education and no, I Jack, and don't I... make no excuses here. No, okay. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm owning. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know. And I, I feel yeah, it's crazy. I feel like I the Homer Simpson meme, you know, where he's like fading into the bushes. Go hug a teacher. If this segment taught you anything, go hug a teacher, please. <laughs> it is surely Chisholm. Shirley Chisholm was the first uh, the first African-American a woman elected to the United States Congress. Shout out Shirley Chisholm. Uh, we love you. Um, and then uh, let's do last, last question here. Back to AAVE question. Finish this phrase. A hit dog... Is gonna bark. It's gonna holler. Hit dog will holler. Somehow. Yeah, or something Jack like that. Jack got it. A hit dog will holler. Tell me what that means, Jack. Um, the analogy comes from like if, you, if there's like a group of dogs and you hit a, you throw a stone at it, it's gonna like, like holler. So if you throw like some, what I understand is so let me know if I'm wrong. 
if you th- mess with some something like someone, it like it takes them off. They're they're gonna like reveal themselves. Uh, like let them know. Like let everyone know. Like hey, like yes, yeah, some, yes, something along the lines. Yeah, break it down. For you. <laughs> it is an old African proverb that suggests when somebody reacts strongly or defensively to a criticism, an accusation, or a thought, it may indicate that the criticism hit close to home or is true to them. It implies that people often react defensively when they feel personally attacked or exposed, similar to how a dog might yelp when struck. In essence, it suggests that the intensity of someone's reaction can sometimes reveal the accuracy of relevance of a criticism they're responding to. Terry, what what lessons can we learn from that one? Mm, you like don't mess with the wrong people because you never like know what they're going to do about it. Yes, absolutely. That's you're a hundred percent correct. And also, uh, you know, pay attention to folks' reactions to stuff. You know, if you walk <laughs> into the room and you say, "Who drank my sprite?" and somebody immediately says, "Oh, well, you know, you know, so and so, they used to." Why you got something to say? You know what I'm saying? What mm-hmm. is the num? This is the, at the actual final trivia question. What is the number one rule for Black people all across America? Hmm. It's not that deep. The number one rule. Mm-hmm. Number one rule. What? what? <laughs> Come on, Terry. They need you. Be safe. I guess. Let's go. What is Just it? Be safe. Yes, I'll take be safe, uh, but uh, up under that, I'm going to caveat it and say, mind your business. Stay in your lane. That is Black 101. When people ask, you know, can I be, can I, you know, embody parts of Black culture? Yes. Start with staying in your lane. You know what I'm saying? Minding your business. Tending to your family. Uh, That's just general wisdom for everybody. Terry, we hope that you've had a good time. Did you have a good time, Terry? Yes, thanks for having me. We are so thankful that you are here. We are going to send you a $50 gift card, e-gift card for participating. Thank you, Terry. Thank you to uh, to to your parents as well for agreeing to let to have you on the podcast. Terry, any final thoughts or shout outs? Anybody that you want to send a shout out to? Um, just shout out to my mom for giving me the information so I can join this podcast. Yeah, shout out to Ms. Takara. We are so appreciative of you. Thank you so much. Uh, Terry, you're free to drop off, but thanks so much for being here today, bub. Oh, thanks, Terry. No All right, we'll see you, man. See you later. Um, but listeners, I hope you enjoyed that segment. Um, I want to bring your attention to something that is uh, not happening Um uh, this year or next, but something a little bit further down the road, but I want to bring it to your attention, is the World Cup uh, 2026. So just a quick overview. I want to assume everyone knows World Cup by now, but if you don't, that's okay. Um, so the FIFA World Cup is the international association football where it's a competition between the senior men's national team uh, where they compete every uh, four four years. Um, this has this tournament's been dated back to 1930, um, so it's one of the most well-known, obviously the biggest event in the world, uh, next to Olympics. Ben, Caleb, 
what do you know about World Cup 2026? Um, I know that in the World Cup 2026, that they're going to have stadiums in Canada and America, which I think is kind of new. Um, but that's really no, the only thing. That's just the stadium. Okay. That's Caleb? it. <laughs> Listen, I don't know anything. I do know one thing. If it's going to be hosted here, we better win. Okay. Ooh. You don't let folk come into this house and Caleb. beat us on the home front. So I'm I know. get disappointed. I know that the Caleb. U.S. men's team has not historically done well in this competition. But I just want to send a message out to every red-blooded American. I don't care what we have to do. We have <laughs> two years to get this together. Because I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch folk lose. I just won't do it. I'm not going to be a viewer. Oh, killing, that's, killing what I, that's what I know about the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Y'all get it together by then, or I'm not watching it. You Plain know, simple. listeners, what's so interesting about this uh 2026 World Cup is it's not only hosted by one nation, which is traditionally uh, how it goes for the last seven tournaments. So 28 years plus it's been hosted in one country. Um, the 2026 World Cup will be the first tournament be hosted by not one, not two, but three countries. Canada, United States, and Mexico are co-hosting oh, the tournament. Mexico too. Yeah, and it will be across 16 different cities. Um, the last time it was hosted in uh, North America was 1994. Uh, I actually have a poster, uh, the official poster from the tournament behind me there. Um, this will be the second time the United States will host it, the third time for Mexico, and the first time for Canada. Um, so just high overview the 16 cities that will host um, in the U.S. will be Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Miami, New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Seattle. For Mexico is uh, Guadalajara, Mexico City, and Monterey, and Canada, Toronto, and Vancouver. With Basically, just, the only two the, cities yeah. in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So... One more thing I'll add that will be different about this tournament, and then I want to hear both your opinions, is so there will actually be 48 countries competing at this upcoming World Cup, which is um, more than the last uh, tournaments, which was 32, so the 16 uh, more teams. So that's going to be very interesting. With that said, what is your gut reaction to hearing um, the World Cup being hosted in three different countries? across 16 different cities versus, for example, the last World Cup of 2022 hosted in Qatar, uh, which is a small country in the Middle East in like a one central place. Um, yeah, I just kind of want to hear what's your reaction. Um, are you guys excited? Uh, do you have any questions? Um, yeah. So my initial thoughts are, um, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe that there were a lot of issues with FIFA a, a couple of years ago with uh, like the ethicalness of like building mm -hmm. all of these structures and the workers that goes into it and the waste and these businesses aren't able to keep up with like no business and then this huge spike in volume and that kind of stuff. So 
I if I'm a, a guessing man or a betting man, I would I would think that they're trying to spread these locations out yeah. as to not uh you know force one area to feel all of the effects of like the economic impacts yeah of uh of of the of hosting an event like that in one collective area so that's my thinking as to why they're doing that mm -hmm. um i will say it does feel like a slight to us though like why can't we host all of it like <laughs> we could host all of it here and uh like we have the space to obviously you gotta be yeah. happy with having most of them most of them is cool <laughs> better than it's better than nothing that's my that's my uh like americanness speaking up here right now like what <laughs> yeah, is there a reason others aren't why aren't we dominating this <laughs> let me let me let me tap into that a little bit caleb what is like what was world cup like growing up for you like did your family watch it did you grow up in a space where um during the summer you know you guys have a watch party like what was world cup like growing up for you i'm just curious my first memories of my first memories of the World Cup were um I want to say like 20 uh, like 2012 um and it was that was the first time that I had ever heard of the World Cup and I was down in uh Hattiesburg Mississippi with some of my cousins and they were watching it and I was like what on earth is this and they're like oh it's like a big international soccer competition and then I didn't hear about it for like another six <laughs> years until I went to Asbury and had friends that were really into soccer so I uh I don't okay, uh, yeah. did not have any sort of growing up with it that's at all. crazy um yeah. Ben what'll be like what's out. your reaction uh to what I just said and then what else was your experience of watching world cup growing up yeah world cup was a very big deal in in my house um all my older siblings were all um soccer players um and my dad too and my dad coached soccer and then also just like every african family loves the world cup you know <laughs> um basically the way the way my family rooted for for teams in the world cup is like we root for all the African teams until they get knocked out one by one. And then after that, you just pick the team that has the most African players on it. So yeah. probably like <laughs> France or something. <laughs> and then you cheer for them. Mm -hmm. um, but one really solid memory that I have of the World Cup was uh, when the Netherlands won. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, I think that was South Africa, right? In 2010. Um, am I right in that? I'm not sure. I think but, um, they, I think Spain won. Spain won that year, and then did Netherlands win the the bef one before that or the one after that? Because I know it was like Spain and Netherlands went up against each other in the final twice, I believe. Okay. Anyway, um, but I I remember um, I remember just watching uh, that final match, and then that was uh, that was really good. Um, there was that there was that header at the very end um that was like nicknamed the flying dutchman and that's like <laughs> classic highlight um but yeah i think as i as i look at these cities the first thing that pops into my head is like man the, these cities are spread out like crazy <laughs> and that could make for some some wild travel um yeah for for some of these athletes, I don't know if I were one of them, 
I don't know if I would like yeah. that, you know, imagine flying from like Mexico City all the way up to like Toronto. That is that's a, a mission. Yeah. Um now I'm glad I got to hear both your experiences. Ben, I'm I'm jealous and because growing up in Taiwan, we I never get a chair shit for Taiwan <laughs> because we never yeah. we are never in it. <laughs> I mean, and it's not in like my <laughs> lifetime, in my lifetime. I will probably never see Taiwan in the World Cup. And if they do, it will be the greatest year of my life. Um, but with that being said, what I, listeners, with the World Cup coming to North America, uh, like US, Canada, and Mexico, there's a few things I'm really just looking out for. Um, and one of them is how is our generation going to react to the soccer landscape? What I mean by that is, think about it, uh, Copa America, which is a um, soccer tournament hosted in um, North America, in Central America. Uh, it, it'll be a tournament for the national teams that will be hosted in 2024. And then 2026, we got a World Cup. And then 2027, we, the United States might be hosting the Women's World Cup with Mexico. So our generation... Ben and Caleb, we have not experienced a global event um, in the same, like, well, in the U.S. The last time a huge event like this was back in 1996 for the Olympic Games at Atlanta. Yeah. And before that was the World Cup in 1994. Our generation has not seen a global event. Um, so I'm really curious how this is going to shake up um the American culture, uh, the sports world, and especially just the kids who are watching it. Uh, what does this mean? And that brings me to my next point. What I'm going to be looking out for is uh, what would this mean for football? And one of my favorite lines from uh, Eminem's song, The Real, Sims, Real Slim Shady, it, uh, is the, with The Real Slim Shady, Please stand up. And when I was thinking about this topic, I was just wait a about second, it. Jack. Are you quoting Eminem during Black History <laughs> Month? Oh no! Oh look, look where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are. I mean, what is no? I'm too, I'm too, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Okay, oh, I'm what? so bad. Um, <laughs> so with, I mean, NFL and American football is king in. United States. We know this. We know this from the, the last couple of weeks. Listeners, we talk about the viewership and the impact of football in America. But with all of this tournament coming to U.S. now and soccer being a global, already like a, the most popular sports in the world, what would this mean for football? So, which is why I want to say, like, will the real football please stand up? Like, that's what the world is going to be asking uh, after these, especially the 2026 World uh 2026 world cup you know who the the uh, the world and us is going to ask you know this question and i'm really excited to see how the soccer culture shifts in us because caleb i really hope us will have the chance to win the world cup at some point and before we shift to the next topic i want to highlight two things that stood out to me uh this month from the fifa press so uh, listeners, FIFA released a schedule for the matches 
for the 2026. And there's two things that stood out to me. I'm going to leave you with this. First of all, the final is going to be hosted in New York MetLife. And if you're from the U.S., where is MetLife really at? It's in New Jersey. The World Cup final is going to be in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> people from every, everywhere are going to travel to this uh, this location, just think about what is this? It's it's hilarious. So Listen, the reason I think every, is that all participants get a pack of menthols, <laughs> a can of hairspray, <laughs> some so, tanning lotions. These are these are the Jersey Shore artifacts that uh, uh, all all participating uh, ticket holders can take advantage of in yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> you get a picture with Snooky and uh, DJ oh, Holly D and all of them. What, what is the New Jersey? Think about it. If you're not from <laughs> the U.S., the two things you know is New York and L.A. and whatever's in between, they don't know. And New Jersey, you know what's crazy? <laughs> People who are from New Jersey a lot of times don't even say they're from New Jersey. I know like three people who are from New Jersey who if you ask them where they're from, they'll tell you New York. And I'm like, oh, look at them. I'm like, I know you are not from there. I know you well enough. Not too much on Jersey now. I've got some friends in Jersey, all right? And I'm not trying to – I live too close. I'm not trying to get pulled up on in in So – when they were making the decision, there's so many things, conversation. I would love to break it down, but I won't do that today. But the competing locations for the final was um, LA, Dallas, and Las Vegas, which all have new stadiums in the last like three years, which is well, not newer stadiums compared to New Jersey's at least. Um, anyways, um, one thing I want to call out, which is in round 16, this is what I'm going to look forward to the most, not the final. But in round 16, the, there will be a game hosted in Philadelphia. And the date will be 4th of July. It will be America's 250th birthday. The match will be played in Philly, the birthplace of America. Imagine if the United States were to face um, England at, at Philly. I think that's going to be the greatest sports event in the united states um everyone's got tattoo eagles on their arm whatnot so uh, <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> 1776 all over again i speak english and aave <laughs> there's a third language that i speak fluently to all of our british listeners and that is good old-fashioned american eagle all right <laughs> I wish the British would show up in Philadelphia for the World Cup. I will rightfully, I will ride there on horseback from from Brooklyn, New York, just for just to be patriotic. And am I ever patriotic in any other scenario outside of like a sports scenario? No. But for the good old US of A, if that showdown happens, I'm there on horseback. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I would I would love to see I hope that happens more just to hear you actually have to live up to that than <laughs> watch the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh. Amazing. Same band, same band. <laughs> Guys, as we talk about some of the things that are going on in America in the future, uh, it makes me think of some of the things that have been going on in America just recently. Um, one of those things being this new IVF ruling that just happened in Alabama. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Caleb was going to give us a little bit more background on that. But before that, I just kind of want to ask you guys, like, what do you know about IVF, how that works, if anything? Uh, what I know, and I know very little, um, and I take ownership of that, I, I need to be more well-versed in this. But what I understand is it's just like a something that relates to fertility of a baby and, um, yeah, like a process cool. of like understand. Yeah, it's a process, essentially. All right, Caleb. So I don't know very much about it. I know that it's basically like genetically modifying or maybe not modifying, but it's like, uh, it's sort of like taking the process of like making a child, um, like you're basically doing that in a, in a more clinical environment and it revolves like the freezing of like reproductive, like, uh, re reproductive, um, you know, particles. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background, how IVF works. Um, and so, so I'll give you a little bit of the like science behind it. And then a, a, some, some of the controversy that's been around it since it's, uh, inception. So IVF is just short for in vitro fertilization. Uh, in vitro is a scientific term that means in glass or basically in a lab. Um, so basically it's just that the fertilization is happening, uh, in a lab rather than uh, just the way it naturally would occur. So here in America, there have been about 8 million children that have been born through uh, IVF, which is actually just a crazy stat. They started yeah. doing it, the first time it was ever done was in 1978. And since then, it's just really caught on. Um, uh, you know, there are a million reasons why uh, people could struggle with fertility and, and starting a family if that's something that they want to do. Um, it's actually not really a super easy and simple process for the body. It, it takes a lot of uh, variables lining up in just the right way. And so for people who have struggles with that, one of the options is IVF, where basically there, there are a whole bunch of steps, but um, mostly revolving around the mother. And um, so she's going to be on a regiment of all different kinds of uh, drugs, medications that are going to uh, help prepare her body um, and, and get it right and get the conditions right to um, reproduce. And then one of the things that happens is in a normal uh, menstrual cycle, only one egg is produced at a time. Uh, now, part of the magic of all of the medications that these uh, doctors are able to use is that it creates multiple um, eggs that are ready to be fertilized all at once. Um, so once that happens, they basically um, have a procedure where they go in, extract the eggs, and then they use 
uh, a sperm and fertilize that egg um, and let it grow into uh, an embryo. So what they'll do is they'll create a whole bunch of these embryos uh, and then freeze them and you can use them uh, as you uh, please. Now, some of the controversy that, that has been around this procedure since the very beginning is the fact that uh, these embryos are being created and not all of them are used uh, and come actually to fruition as a baby. So um, you take, you use more of these, you, you save up more of these embryos than you're actually planning on using. And the rest, I don't really know the process, but they get um, discarded some type of way after a really long time. Um, but um, another reason why it's controversial is because in the actual process of them taking this uh, fertilized egg, this embryo, and putting it back inside the mother um, for the pregnancy to occur is a lot of times the most difficult part of pregnancy is actually getting that uh, embryo to implant into the lining of the uterus. And so what they'll do is they'll put multiple embryos in there to increase the chances of some of them catching because they might not all catch. And that's actually how, you know, you get triplets and that kind of thing and quadruplets and that kind of thing. This it's, it, it is possible for triplets to occur in nature, but it's a super, super slim chance. So odds are, if you mm -hmm. know someone who's a triplet, then they were conceived through uh, IVF. Um, that's basically the cliff notes on IVF. Caleb, tell me the news on it, though. Yeah, no, thanks for taking us through that sort of medical definition. That really helps me. And I, I feel like I have a better understanding for why mm -hmm. this is such a big deal. So the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos can be considered children under the state's wrongful death law. So this ruling means that embryos could have legal rights and their destruction or damage could potentially lead to civil charges for fertility clinics or individuals uh, and criminal charges. The ruling stems from a case where frozen embryos were destroyed uh, in a mishap at a storage facility. The court's decision builds upon an amendment to the Alabama Constitution that grants personhood rights to unborn children. Okay, so some of the major concerns and implications are um, the ruling creates major uncertainty as to the legality of IVF in Alabama. Um, so most clinics have actually stopped, um, like basically all practice right now until this gets figured out. Um, there's been a huge suspension of IVF practicing. Um, and the the sort of the, the question of the parent's right to choose the decision raises ethical concerns about the ability of individuals, particularly women, to make decisions about their own bodies and family planning. So now that we've shared that, I think the... Um, I guess Jack, what are what are your initial thoughts now that we've we've both shared a little mm -hmm. bit about what IVF is and the recent ruling? Um, what, so, what what are you thinking? What's this ruling? You said um, I I see I saw a little bit about it. Um, was this this month? Correct. Yeah, this was this okay. was uh, I believe like like a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, after I mean Ben, after you just explained that, you know, 
taking us through that in detail and here i mean i didn't know what all went on in terms of the in alabama ruling so thanks caleb i think a lot of times when it comes to this type of conversation it's often seen oh this is a um a woman issue a woman problem uh therefore a lot of times people just tune it out and don't really look into what's really happening um and i think that's what i don't know, that's kind of my first reaction like okay like what what is what is happening how can we it just feels like a step backwards <laughs> at the end of it, the day when it comes to <laughs> um, it's definitely a yeah. step backwards I think yeah. the thing that the thing that throws me about it the most is that just like fundamentally, um, it just creates so many other like loopholes of like, okay, so are we giving child tax credits to everybody that has these like embryos at Ooh. one of these facilities? Because you that just financial side. That's so, that's. So cr- take out a social security number on them, right? Dang. Take out a social security number on them. And okay. So now the government has to give $3,800, uh, you know, year over year for each one of your embryos that has a, a, a social security number. And if you have multiples, you know, there with the facility, I mean, like the legal implications of it are never ending I think the the it's just it's such a walk backwards. And what we're seeing is like women specifically and women's health issues have been so picked apart lately. And I'm not here to tell people how to choose on on any of the these topics. And I'm not really here to even, uh, you know, come out with a hard statement one way or the other in favor or for or against. But I think it it is getting to be concerning that we're not even using logic in our legal system anymore. It's like, you don't, uh, you don't look at the, at the, you know, frame of a car mm-hmm. and sell that as a, like, as a full car. It's like, okay, that's like, that's like a, a, a like a, some, those are like nuts and bolts. You don't look at nuts and bolts and say, that's a car. Like, that's not how it works, you know? And so I think it's just, like it's not it's not good it's definitely not good for women having autonomy and families having autonomy over their ability to to you know plan families and so i just think it's absolutely insane i think yeah i mean i kind of i kind of get some of the logic some of the early logic but when you really take it to the practicality like you're mentioning ah man now, now that I'm thinking about it, to 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 be able to claim a child, uh, like all of these different uh, repercussions that people aren't thinking about, they're gonna add up, and uh, that can become highly problematic. When I think about when it comes to conversation like this, I can't speak into everything, but one thing. One of the best analogies I've heard was just, for example, when during the Civil War, when the North won, uh, the slaves are free. You know, they're like, hey, they want to come up to the North. Like, hey, yeah, we won the war and you're free, but you should go back to Africa. And basically, like, not really extending the help that they really need. And when I hear conversations like this, like, oh, help, you know, 
help the babies, but when they don't, but don't hit the woman, essentially, like don't like provide the structure they need or the resources they need to help them um, to endure like this. I mean, Kayla, you, you mentioned like so many things that obstacles to have to overcome. Um, it's like, we'll, we'll help you here, but not all the way through. And that comes with, I, I just heard so many fear and concern that come with that. And they're also valid in, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, does that make sense? What I said? Yeah, I'm get. I'm following you what you're saying. I think the thing that's just concerning is it's just concerning seeing like slowly because things don't typically like happen in one fell swoop, but to see just sort of this slow sort of ticking away at little court cases, slowly mm -hmm. sort of uh, at least putting into question this fear that families would have to even plan for their own family and giving the government that sort of responsibility to define if they're able to, uh, you know, to, you know, access IVF and that kind of stuff. Like I just, I'm in, in general, I'm very pro government stay out of our business um, and let people make the best decisions for themselves, for, for their, their own healthcare, for their own family planning, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I think I think it, it is one of those situations where so, someone wants to sue a company and they're trying to come after everything that they possibly can. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like they spent all this money to get these embryos made, to have them frozen and stored and all this stuff. Like that is a stupid expensive process. Yeah. And then obviously then it failed and so they're going to be real mad about it which is very reasonable but then what what happens afterwards gets kind of taken to another level you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah no agreed it's it, i mean and the I, I think the biggest thing is like the the next time that we you know talk about a subject like this i would really love to get um, you know, maybe a, 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 a women's health professional that works in the field, um, mm -hmm. their, their perspective on it, because I, I know that I know for a fact that there's, there's so much more to this conversation that I'm, totally. I'm interested in getting educated on, um, even aside from just what IVF is and what this ruling means, like, uh, you know, we, we want to be in solidarity with, with everybody to have as much access to the appropriate healthcare um, for them. And so it's definitely a conversation that's worth, uh, worth continuing. Um, well, y'all that just about does it for our show. We've got a couple of announcements for you guys. Um, the first big announcement that we have drum roll, please. <laughs> My mic did not pick up that drum roll. Uh, <laughs> I did. I heard it. <laughs> um, Drumma, we are actually going to be on Good Morning Lexington this next Friday, March 8th. Um, so it's going to be myself and Jack. Ben's not able to be there, unfortunately. But don't worry. We're going to have some other things coming up where Ben will be there. Uh, we're going to have a launch party eventually here with, uh, with some of our close friends and family. And then, of course, our executive producer, Sophie St. Furman, will be in the stew making sure that we look good and that Kevin Hart is there to do my interview. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we are really excited for that. Tune in to Good Morning Lexington and, uh, and, and have a good time.
let me think. One last thing. Shout outs. Shout outs. I'm gonna shout out. Um, gonna shout out a good friend of mine uh, by the name of um, by the name of Andrew. Andrew, I love you so much. Uh, thank you for being a good friend to me. Shout out Trinity. Trinity, I love you too. Um, ben, Jack, any shout outs? Final thoughts. Um, shout out to the maintenance in my apartment for dealing with the sewage. Uh, probably had the last couple of our dishwasher wasn't working, oh, so it was stacking up. But he was very um, uh, understanding, just like he didn't want to disturb. I work from home, so like he was just uh, very kind. But he got that this he had to pull the whole thing out, go behind the wall, carve a hole to find a you know. Uh, I mean, it's just that's not when it comes to doing fixing stuff with the hands. That's not something I'm very good at, so I have a lot of respect for that. And so, shout out to Ooh. the maintenance team. <laughs> Jack, uh, you just reminded me of some 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 of my homeowner early homeowner nightmares. Uh, topic for a, a, another day, but I, I've been I've been through that. <laughs> um, oh. My shout out today is gonna be to all of my classmates in the physical therapy program. Um, first of all, just even if any of you guys um, take the time out of your day to listen to this, really appreciate it, love you all. Um, but also just because we're in the, we're in a tough season right now. We've got a, a really, really big uh, exam coming up that covers like all the material we've learned in our whole, uh, two years of school so far so it's 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 getting at us you can um, do it yeah shout out those buckeyes yes working to, for medical breakthroughs shout out to all the buckeyes shout out all my buckeyes out there grinding bringing learning and knowledge and and, and truth to the whole world shout out <laughs> All yeah, of Buckeye okay. Nation, but especially Ben's class. Uh, we know that a lot of y'all have been listening. Yeah, so thank you guys. Um, uh, final thoughts. Everybody go give us a follow on TikTok at Generation Buried. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, follow all, also our personal pages as well. We're tagged all over Generation Buried. We're going to be sharing content. We've got some contests coming up. Um, lots of fun things planned for the podcast. Leave us five stars in whatever app store that you have. Leave us a five-star rating. It really helps us get the word out about Generation Buried. And mm -hmm. uh, if you want to help celebrate Black History Month, you could always support Black media and podcasts by sharing this with other people <laughs> on social media. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how many supporters we have here and how many anti-racists that we also have here. So no, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But, uh, <laughs> you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to us for another episode and we'll catch you guys next week.